Hello today. I'm so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. For the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about divine healing. And our first week we talked about, is it even for today? We just established it is. It's a part of the work of the cross. It's for every single believer, every single time. I know those sound like radical words. If you miss those podcasts, you need to go back and watch them. But today we're going to talk about if the issue between being healed or not being healed is unbelief, how do I, how do I deal with unbelief in my own life? I believe this, this podcast is going to set you free. So stay tuned. Come on, let's grow together. Yes, my name is Craig Jones. I'm so glad you've tuned in for this podcast. I've really enjoyed talking about healing because this is such an area, divine healing in the body of Christ has been so misunderstood. There are so many differing opinions on this. I mean, the spectrum is absolutely full from people who believe in it all the way to people who don't believe that maybe it even ever happened. It's amazing how far-reaching the difference is in what people can believe. You probably find yourself somewhere in the middle And that's all right. That's why we need the Word of God. So we're going to find out what the truth of God's Word actually says. I talked about that in our first in our first week. You know, a lot of people, when it comes to healing and things like that, really, when it comes to any of the promises of God, we determine whether or not God wants to do it, or whether or not it's ours based off our experiences. Well, I didn't experience that in my life, and I needed a healing, so God must not want to heal everybody. And I said, there's a real problem in our life when we try to when we try to understand God through our experiences instead of through His Word. I place God's Word above my experiences, and then what happens is His Word changes my experience. Whew! Man, that's powerful right there. Because the truth is, truth changes facts. You may have a fact in your life that this is going on, but the truth of God's Word will change that fact. That's what we saw Jesus doing day in and day out. He brought a truth that changed a fact. And then last week we talked about if we've already settled the fact that healing is a part of the redemptive work of Christ. That's what the Bible tells us in Psalms 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. So in that scripture, it tells us that healing and forgiveness of sins, it all comes in together. It's part of one act. Psalms 103 is a messianic prophecy about the cross. And in that scripture, it says the same place where Jesus Christ forgives all iniquities, that's the place where he heals all diseases. And you wouldn't dare look at what Jesus did on the cross and say, well, God wants to forgive some, but not others. And maybe God wants this one over here to not be forgiven because they learn a lesson by not being forgiven. And God's going to use their sin to, to for his glory. No, 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 you don't believe that. You believe Jesus Christ... Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin and for the sins of the world. Well, the same way that scripture says you can't part and parcel out healing from salvation and redemption. It's a part of that same work. So then the question becomes, well, you know, if if that's true and healing is for today and it's part of the work of the cross, why am I not receiving it? Well, we understood last week that it's not because of a lack of faith. Because the Bible tells us, and you'll have to go back and watch it, many scriptures we went through, the Bible tells us that we have been given the measure of faith in the life that we live right now. We live by the faith of the Son of God. So we've got God's faith on the inside of us. In fact, Mark eleven twenty two says, Have the faith of God. So we have God's faith on the inside of us. So it's not a lack of faith. That's not the problem. The problem is not a lack of faith. It's the presence of doubt 
even though you may have faith in your born-again spirit, you may have doubt in your soul. See, we are three-part being. I am a body, or I am a spirit. First of all, I am a spirit. That's the eternal part of me. I have a soul. That's my mind, my will, and my emotions. That's temporal. The reason that's temporal is because that can be transformed and changed. And then I live in a body. This body is just my earth suit. My body right now has some... Um, I have, I, have, I have a gray and black roof. It used to be a black roof when I was younger. Now I have a gray and black roof that looks out two blue windows. Those are my eyes. One day I'm going to shed this earth suit and I'm, he's going to give me a glorified body. All right, so I have my body, but I have my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. Where I think, where I feel, and where I make decisions from. And that part of me can be changed. That is where doubt resides in that part of me. Faith does not reside in your thinking. Faith resides in your spirit. It is distributed from God into you. It's a divine impartation of God. It's part of your born-again nature. The Bible says that we are now partakers of the divine nature. Faith is a part of that divine nature. In fact, Galatians tells us that faith is a fruit of the spirit. So it's part of our spirit. Faith is a part of who we are. You know, a plant doesn't struggle to try to produce fruit. It just produces it because it's in its nature. Faith is a part of your nature. So you've got faith, but the problem is, is at the same time you have faith, we find out from the Word of God there's an occurrence where Jesus meets this father who has this young boy who's being tormented by the devil. And when Jesus meets this father, the father says, is there anything you can do to help me? And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Powerful statement. We've, we have recited that so many times. Very few people actually believe that. But he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And the father cries out, the Bible says, he cries out to Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe. That's what he says. Lord, I believe. He had enough sense to recognize there's a part of me that hears your words and I believe what you're saying. But then he says, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. See, we think that you either have faith or belief. That is, the more you have faith, the less belief you have. You can only have one or the other. They're mutually exclusive, and that is not the case. Faith and belief can reside in the same person at the same time because faith is in your spirit and doubt. Unbelief is in your mind. It's in your soul. That's where it resides. So this father, he cries out to Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe you and I trust you. But help the part of me that doesn't believe in you. He's in, as, he, as he's going through this, understand that when, he's, when this man says this is Jesus, first of all, understand that Jesus does not rebuke this man. He does not say, "What, uh, sir, don't, uh, that is not the truth. You either believe me or you don't believe me. He doesn't rebuke him because Jesus knows this is possible. Now, I want to read on in that story. We're going to read from the book of Matthew, all right? Because the reason this man and his father ended up with Jesus is because the disciples brought him. They tried to minister to him, but they weren't able to, to, to get this young boy free. So the father brought him to, to Jesus and said, Can you help him? Because your disciples couldn't. In Matthew 17, 19 through 21, he begins to talk about this encounter. And he says, The disciples came to him apart. They went apart, not, not in front of the crowd, they were smart about it because they recognized we couldn't do it. I don't want everybody else to hear why we couldn't do it. But when they got alone, they were like, hey, Jesus, why could we not cast him out? 
In verse 20, Jesus said, because of your unbelief. He said it was your unbelief that was the problem. See, isn't it amazing? What Jesus does is he uses circumstances to teach. He met a woman at a well. He chose this woman who had been with five, five different men, five different husbands. She was with a man right now that was not her husband. And then she comes across Jesus at a well. Jesus chose this woman to begin to teach on the subject of worship. All right? It's amazing how he takes those moments. He says, you know what? This is the time to present something. So here in this moment, the father said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So that's already on their minds. They're thinking about unbelief. So he says, I want, you to, I want to teach you about unbelief. He said, why couldn't we do it? He didn't say because you weren't loud enough, because you didn't scream enough. He said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So he says, listen, if you have faith in you, you can make anything happen. Do you understand that? He said, so it, it, the issue isn't that you didn't have faith. The, the issue is that because of your unbelief. He's saying your faith was hindered by the unbelief that is on the inside of you. And then Jesus goes on to say, This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Now what most people think this means is that Jesus was going back and saying, If you want to cast out this devil, you got to pray and fast for that. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not getting into all this right now. We're actually finishing up a church fast. We, we, we do one at the first of the year. But I can tell you this. Fasting doesn't change anyone else. Fasting changes me. Fasting addresses me. There's people that I'm fasting for my neighbors. I'm fasting. Listen, God may use the fast to affect your neighbors, but this is how it's going to happen. You're going to fast. It's going to put you in the right place where you can be that, that neighbor you've been called to be. God will give you the right words and you'll actually be able to say the right words and they'll find themselves coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because you got you out of the way. Fasting deals with you. Fasting doesn't deal with other people. So when Jesus said, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting, he's not talking about the spirit. He's talking about unbelief. He didn't say the spirit was the problem. He said, they, he didn't say, you know why you couldn't cast them out? Because that devil was too big for you. See, boys, now I told you to cast out devils, but you, you stumbled on a big one that day, and now you weren't able to, to, to control it, and you weren't able to overcome it. You weren't able to cast it out because you stumbled on a big one. No, he didn't say that. He says, you weren't able to do it because of your unbelief. Your unbelief is the problem. So when he said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting, what he's saying is, you address unbelief through prayer and fasting. All right? So we, 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 we address those, those areas of unbelief by prayer and by fasting. Fasting breaks down our flesh. That's what fasting deals with. Every time you go on a fast, some people say, well, you know, I, I'm fasting so God will talk to me. God's been trying to talk to you. He's been telling you things. You just hadn't heard it because your flesh has been louder than, than the voice of God. But when you fast, what happens is you quiet the voice of your flesh so you can tune in to what God has been trying to say to you. But because people have experienced, they went on a fast and God spoke, they go, okay, if I want God to speak to me, I just got to not eat for a couple days and he'll feel bad enough. He'll tell me what I want to know. doesn't work that way. But what it does do is it deals with your flesh. So he says, this kind cometh not out. Unbelief is addressed by prayer and fasting. Prayer 
It's communing and talking with God. It's fellowship with God. We have made prayer so mechanical. He says, listen, you want to deal with unbelief? Fellowship with me. Deal with the flesh and fellowship with me. Put down the flesh and fellowship with me. And then you'll be able to get rid of unbelief. Say that with me. Unbelief. The Father said, help thou my unbelief. I want to help your unbelief. But for us to do that, you need to understand where, that, where this unbelief is hindering you in your life. I want to explain to you there are three different kinds of unbelief, all right? There's three kinds of unbelief. Number one, there's the unbelief that comes from ignorance. There's the unbelief that comes from you just don't know. There are some people who, who honestly, they haven't received Jesus because they just don't know yet. Somebody hasn't told them about Jesus yet. If somebody would just open up their mouth and share the gospel, they would receive Jesus. So the first kind of unbelief is ignorance. The second kind of unbelief is false doctrine. This is where the vast majority of the church is. They don't believe God because they have been taught something other than what God's Word says. They have heard ministers preach out of experiences and preach out of their own life and preach false doctrine. And I don't believe anyone's doing it on purpose. I believe that people are from a pure heart. They're just trying to help people. But out of their own misunderstanding of scriptures, they are they are replicating that same kind of foolishness over and over again. And because people have believed, some people believe God doesn't heal. I can promise you, God will not heal somebody who doesn't believe that He heals. It just won't. It, it, he... They're not going to receive that in their life because they don't believe it's true. Just like God doesn't, if, if you don't believe that God is a Savior, He's not going to save you. See, when, even when I said that, I know some people are like, well, no, I believe it. Even if they don't believe it, God will do it because He's going to, no, 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 it, that, that's not the way it works. Now, an unbeliever, an unbeliever is always going to be an unbeliever. So that's all right that they're an unbeliever. For an unbeliever, God uses healing and deliverance and miracles as a dinner bell to call them to the gospel. They don't have to have faith. All they've got is unbelief in them. But when you're a born-again Christian and you don't believe that God heals, you're not going to receive healing in your life. Just like if, if, you, if you don't believe that God is a Savior, you're not going to receive that in your life. That's the truth of that. So the second one is false doctrine. If you have been taught that, that God heals 99% of the time, but 1% of the time, God does not heal. The devil is going to spend 100% of his time fitting you into that 1% category, making sure that you are the exception to the rule and God's not going to heal you because of something in your life. But it's just not true. There's no such thing as God's not going to heal you because He's already done it. Just like the truth is there's no such thing as God is going to heal you because it's already been done. That's the truth of the matter. So number one is ignorance. Number two, it's false doctrine. And number three is contradictory proof. And that is what we call natural unbelief. It's, from, it's, it's, it's carnal unbelief that comes from our senses. You see things that make you doubt God. You feel things. A symptom in your body. A, a symptom in your body is a lie trying to get you to believe and trust in an inferior reality. Whew. I'm going to say that again because it's powerful. A symptom in your body is a lie that's trying to get you to believe in an inferior reality. Because Jesus Christ, when, he, when, he, when you got born again, He healed you and made you whole. You have been made whole in Him. And every time you have a symptom, the devil's trying to get you convinced to believe, oh, you're not healed, healthy and strong. You're not whole in Jesus receive this in your life. 
When you have contradictory proof, I've been in situations in my life where I've had contradictory proof. And I had to stand on the truth that, you know what, it doesn't matter what it feels like in my body. Jesus said healing is mine. I'm rejecting the lies of how I feel, and I'm receiving what's mine right now. You know, I understand there's no sickness in heaven. Did you know that there's no sickness in heaven? How, if, how in the world then could we expect God to expect born-again believers in Christ Jesus to walk in sickness on the earth? There's no sickness in heaven. And I was thinking about that one day. I thought, there is no sickness in heaven. But I was feeling back pain, and I just began to declare, I thank you, Lord, there is no sickness in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. Because I was having contradictory proof. My back was saying one thing, but I knew that God's Word had said another thing. And I kept on confessing the truth that God was my healer until that truth became more real to me than the contradictory proof of what I was feeling in my back. And healing manifested, and that pain went away. I know some of you may be listening to that right now and go, that is too hard to believe. Let me tell you something. We serve a God of the miraculous. You need to settle that in your heart and your mind right now. That's just who He is. So He tells His disciples, He says, listen, if you're not able to do these things, you need to address unbelief. The Father knew, I need help with my unbelief. And He told the disciples, you need to deal with unbelief. The answer for all three of these kinds of unbelief, it's very simple, is the Word. It's the Word. That is the answer to unbelief. The Word brings a renewing of the mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1-2, through 2, He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now listen, I want to jump right into verse 2. This is very important, he says. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. What he's saying is, this world is going to try to shape you. The picture that Paul, the word that he spoke, the picture that Paul is painting for us there is the picture of an artist who is trying to mold clay into a sculpture. Conforming to this world means outside pressure that shapes you and molds you. He's saying, don't let the outside pressure of this world, don't let it shape you and mold you into an image. Because the enemy is trying to shape you. He's trying to use a repetitive process of defeat and pain and symptoms to get you to believe a lie. But don't let those lies shape you. He says, don't, be, don't give in to the pressure that's trying to shape you, but rather be transformed, transformed by the renewing of the mind. Transform means, it comes from the word metamorphosis, metamorpho. It means to, be means to be changed from the inside out. So he says, don't be conformed, which means pressure from the outside in, but rather be transformed from the inside. I want what's already in you to come outside of you. And he says, the way you get what's in you out of you is by the renewing of the mind. When our mind gets renewed to the truth of God's word, we release what God has placed in our born again spirit. There is power in our spirit. There is peace in our spirit. There is joy in our spirit. There is victory in our spirit. But we're not going to release that out of us. It's not going to be evident in our life until we renew our mind. We've got to change our thinking. That means you need more evidence of God's truth and less evidence of the world. Some of you, when you're riding down the road and, or you're sitting in front of the television and a commercial comes on for some kind of medication, half these medications, there's, it causes more problems than it does help anyways. And they say, this medication for this, and you're struggling with that. Cut that off. I don't, 
I'm not, I'm not focusing on my sickness. If you're struggling with something, I tell people all the time, if you're feeling a symptom, do not go to WebMD. Do not do it. If you go to WebMD, you're going to be convinced you've got 17,000 things wrong with you. You may have a hangnail and it's going to tell you you got cancer. So don't go to WebMD to get the answer. You, you, when, when you're in that place, you need better evidence than what this earthly evidence has to offer. You need the evidence of the kingdom. And when you put the evidence of the kingdom, is it renews your mind. And then what's already inside of you gets unlocked and begins to flow out of you. I said in our last podcast that you have, Romans 8 says, that we have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwelling in our mortal bodies, quickening us and make us alive. We have resurrection power in us. We have It's in us, but it's locked up in us. But when we renew our mind, when we get our mind in line with the Word, see, our mind works like a filter. Maybe at home you have like a Brita, one of those, one of those, um, one of those um, jugs in your refrigerator. You can pour the water in, and it filters all the water out, so when you pour it out, it's, it's fresh water. Or in most refrigerators, there's a... There's a filter in there that filters out bad things. Your soul, your mind, is like a filter to your spirit. Even though there's resurrection life in you, if your mind doesn't believe it, when, it, when, when that water flows through that filter, whatever's not supposed to make it that filter gets blocked. Well, if your mind isn't renewed, you may have resurrection life in you trying to come out of you, but when it goes through the filter of your mind and your thinking your false doctrine, your contradictory proof, it nullifies that and all that healing power, it just stays locked up on the inside of you. That's the truth. But when you get your mind renewed to God's Word, He says, when you, when you, when you renew your mind, you're able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect. You are able to prove the will of God. In other words, even in the midst of trials, the will of God will be seen in your life because your mind is renewed. But if you think like the world... How in the world do we deal with unbelief, the renewing of the mind? How do we renew our mind? With the Word of God. You need more of the Word coming in than anything else. You need the Word to be the predominant thing that you live by. You Listen, not by he said, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. His Word is living bread. You need to understand that. It's, it's life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. His Word is life. And when you're receiving His Word... You need to get a scripture that covers your case. That's the truth. You need to look in the Word and find a scripture that covers your case, and you need to stand on that scripture and say, you know what? I am not going by what this person says or what that person says. I'm going with what the Bible says. How many times have you heard doctors give you a bad report and you went home and you called all of your family members and you said you would not believe what the doctor said to me? The doctor said this, this, and this, and it could cause that, and these are the symptoms, and that's why I've been feeling this way. They say it and we believe it, even though they're practicing medicine. I'm just playing. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to down doctors. Thank you. Thank God for doctors. I I, I had a I had a, a crazy leg break a couple years ago. I needed the work of, of medical specialists to help me get back up on my feet. I'm thankful for doctors, but they are not the final answer. Jehovah Rapha, our personal physician, is the final answer. That's the truth. So you may have gotten one report from a doctor, and that may be a fact. Like I said earlier, truth changes facts. Find a scripture that covers your case so you can get your mind renewed so you can prove the will of God. Amen? So that prove there means to be found true by testing. 
so that in the midst of your test, because your mind is renewed, the will of God is eventually seen. You don't crumble under your test. You're not defeated by your trials. Instead, the goodness of God becomes seen in your life because your mind has been renewed and you let the promises flow up out of you. How do we receive the healing that is ours? We do, with, we do it by dealing with the unbelief in our mind. How do we deal with the unbelief? We do it by spending time with Him and spending time in His Word. You need to commune with God. Let God speak into you. You need to go from a, a, a Logos word to a Rhema word. You need to get that word on the inside of you so that it comes alive. When you read the word, it's Logos. When He makes it real to you, it becomes Rhema to you. It's that, that word that's from the breath of God. We, you need the Word of God to come alive on the inside of you so you can truly believe it above your circumstances. That's what God wants to do for you. That's what God wants to do for me. That's what He has done for us. But for us to walk in it, we've got to deal with our unbelief. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. That's good news because we can change us. We can change our thinking. I hope you are encouraged by this. There's no way in three podcasts we're able to fully address this but I want to I want to do my best to really try to give you an understanding of what the Bible says concerning your situation concerning his love concerning his goodness because that's who God is God is a good God God loves you Jesus Christ paid the price for you to be healed and all we got to do is we 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 got to we got to push out the lies of the enemy we got to put in the word of God we got to renew our mind so that we can release out of our born-again spirit everything God has deposited in there. We deal with with the unbelief by the renewing of the mind and spending time with God. Don't just read the Word. Read the Word with God. Well, that's revolutionary right there. I'm not just going to read the Word. I'm going to read the Word with God. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come with me. I'm reading this Word. Lord, let it come alive to me. Because I I want these words to be spirit and life to me. I don't want to just read concepts. I want truth. I want truth that changes the facts of my life. I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray that you'll receive what God has for you right now in your life. That you'll take this word to heart. That you'll begin to attack that unbelief. And say the problem is unbelief. And I'm 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 going to cut it out of my life with the word of God. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for being the teacher. That's what Jesus said, that you're the comforter, you're our teacher. You come along beside us and you help us. I thank you, Lord, for helping us come to the knowledge of what Jesus Christ actually did for us at the cross. The wonderful work of the cross, the cross heals us, the cross sets us free, the cross prospers us, the cross makes us whole. Lord, I want the fullness of salvation. I want the fullness of sozo in my life. I want to be a walking full expression, proving your will in the midst of trials. But that can only take place when I address the doubt and unbelief in my mind. I get it out of my life so I can walk fully in what you've already promised. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for making the word come alive. To everyone listening right now, let it come alive to me. I thank you, Lord, for giving us revelation truth that knocks down every wall of doubt. Lord, like that Father, we are crying out in this moment. Holy Spirit, lead us. I believe, I recognize there's faith in me. There's faith in you right now. But Lord, help our unbelief so we can receive and express the fullness of what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I always want to let you know that I pastor Abiding Church 
in Woodstock, Georgia. Love for you to come and visit us on Sunday mornings at 1030. We have Wednesday night prayer at 7 p.m. We are a church full of the Holy Spirit and full of the life and the power of God. You know, I've been talking about healing and, and things like that. We, we have been seeing healing, miracle signs and wonders on a regular basis at our church. And it's not because God is pouring out something special here. It's everyday believers just finding out what God has called us to walk in. And one of the ways that we help build people up to walk in that is through our School of the Supernatural. That happens Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. It's a joint effort between our Believers College, which is our Bible college here, and Abiding Church. Those are free classes where, where Christians can come, anybody can come, but believers can come to learn how to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Because the truth is, God has called us to a supernatural life. And if we want to walk in that supernatural life, all we need to do is receive the word and revelation so we can say yes to his call. So don't miss. Come out to these classes. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Thank you so much. I pray that you were blessed by these last three podcasts. It was something that was burning on my heart. I know it's a place of confusion for so many believers. I wasn't able to get into everything, but I hope I'm able to to give you enough information to, to really lay a foundation for you so you can build upon that and experience the fullness of God in your life. I love you and God loves you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you are blessed, encouraged, and given hope to grow into all that God has for you. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your family and friends. And don't forget to join us for our next podcast. And remember, no matter what things look like with God, all things are possible.